Broadcasting from Stan Firm Media Studios in Michigan, this is Candid Christian Conversations. This time on Candid Christian Conversations. In the United States, Sunday is the day many Americans and their families head to church. However, some Christians dedicate their Sundays to professional sports, rearranging their worship to fit their fandom. Is Sunday a day to praise God, or is it God bless our sports teams? That's our topic on this edition of Candid Christian Conversations. Hello, everyone. I am Hank Davis, and I am joined by JT. JT, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well today. Thank you. Are you ready to tackle the topic of sports? Uh, Yeah, pun intended. Let's tackle this. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. In your opinion, is it okay for Christians to partake in watching sports to begin with? In my opinion, uh, is it okay? Sure. I don't think the issue really comes down to sports in general. To me, it's more of the inner character of the athlete or the fan, the person kind of participating either directly or indirectly with that sport. I, I use just a few biblical references, not in a sense the sport itself, um, but when we look at Paul talking to uh, the Corinthians, chapter 9, um, he's talking about runners in the stadium will all run the race. Now, every athlete exercises self-control in all things. Uh, he even said to himself that he does not box as one beating the air, like a reference to shadow boxing. And none of these were really used in a, in a negative light. And even um, the writer uh, of Hebrews um, at one point in Hebrews 12, 1 says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, right? So a lot of these things to me are talking about athletic, maybe not professional sports or athletic events, but it is describing the athlete and how we can kind of model that into uh, our lives. So I don't see sports in and of itself anything negative for Christians to partake in. These biblical references always seem to be used in pretty positive ways. I went to uh, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 6.12 as well. This is the King James Version. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. And I think that is the key to kind of focus on is that, yes, you can do all these different things, but don't be brought under the power of any of these things that are not God. As you said, sports are not inherently evil. It's just our behavior on how we uh, interpret the sports and celebrate the sports and all of that. Another verse I go to is Colossians 3, 8. In the King James Version, but now ye also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. And unfortunately, when partaking in some sports, some of these anger, wrath, <laughs> filthy communication will be uh, front and center. So I, I do think that that is another thing to look out for. Absolutely. Um, I, in my Translation, I'm more of a New King James kind of guy. They also mentioned malice. Along those same lines, it does use uh, slander, blasphemy, um, refers to people um, who are more so blaspheming God. Um, and that's very easy to do inside of like a uh, athletic arena. And what I, when I talk about, I guess, more about the inner character, and that's why you kind of have those things in check. Like it's very easy for, uh, for an athlete to let himself go and not be... Christ like on the field or the pitch or the court or whatever you're playing. 
but it, we, do, we do need to kind of keep those things in check because it is possible to participate in those things with, without having those uh, overrun. So again, it kind of just goes back to the same thing as I, I don't really think sports are evil, but they could manifest your evil if you let it. Is it a coincidence that the NFL, NBA, among other sports happen on Sundays? I always found that to be odd when I was a kid. For me, I said no, but I kind of phrase it like in a question, like, no, is it not? Because <laughs> to me, because I look at the NFL, right, and how the NFL kind of came about, just ended up on Sundays. And it was mainly because the AFL already existed, right? And the AFL played on Saturdays. So if the NFL is going to come in and, and start playing on Saturdays, too, then you're not going to, it's, you're going to miss your viewership, right? So really what they were just looking at was trying to get more viewers and, and more people being able to attend their events. And then Sunday just happened to be that open day for the rest of like NBA and other sports. I'm not really sure because they don't really predominantly play on those days. So I don't know if I'd really throw that in there. Also, coincidence isn't a word I'd really like to use very often. <laughs> I like it. I would say that it is exactly what you were alluding to. It's all about eyeballs and what day of the week do you get a lot of eyeballs because people are typically not working and that'd be a Sunday. So anytime on the weekend. What is your opinion of sports fans who will either A, skip church in order to catch a game or B, get sports updates on their phones during service? Because we've had a lot of NFL players themselves who were Christians but yet they are not attending service on Sunday and they're participating in the event. First, I have to say, I really don't have opinion about the person themselves. Uh, my opinion would be towards the act. You know, that little cliche saying, you know, hate the sin, not the sinner, what, yada, yada, whatever. So for would I A, or sorry, my opinion of people who A, skip church in order to catch a game. For me, are the obligations around attending the church still being taken into account? Like, do we understand the importance of getting together regularly as a body of believers? And and it's, it's, we can obviously back this up with plenty of scripture too. Some things that pop out to me are the fact that Jesus himself did it, right? In Luke 4, 16, it's recorded. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up in here. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. Now the jumps out to me is as his custom was. This shows that it's not, this isn't the one time he showed up or very free. This was a frequent, regular thing that he did. And if he did it, then it's got to be important. It's, it's a good habit to have. And Hebrews 10 25 Brent says that. It says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another so much that the more as you see the day approaching, you know, as we reach, you know, the, the point of Christ's return, it says, do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. As it is the manner of some. So even then, people have already kind of turned away from this. And he's telling you, this is important. Don't turn away from this. We need, we need fellowship. It's to kind of reaffirm that whole part. Acts, the whole second chapter of Acts really kind of centers around 3,000 people who are continually, steadfastly in the church for fellowship, like over and over and over. Like this was important. This was very important at that time. Fellowship refers to a, a common participation in the eternal life of God. Is salvation provided by Christ and blessing of the indwelling spirit. I don't know about you, but I would love all that. Sounds great. One thing that I was going to bring up at this point of the discussion is Exodus 20, verse 3. 
thou shalt have no other gods before me. And I think when people think about other gods, they always think about some deity or some something like that. Yep. Other gods can be, you know, your Xbox, your uh, whatever you place this high value on and this pulling you away from uh, your relationship, your personal relationship with Christ. And sometimes sports can be something along those lines if they've overtaken your concentration on the word and, and stuff like that. Absolutely. All sorts of things to watch out for. Along with that point and kind of tying in maybe the stuff we've talked about already is uh, one of my favorite pastors I listen to frequently. He kind of puts it this way uh, when he's talking about different principles about how to make hard decisions, but it's, it, it really kind of fits into this one principle. And he says, and I quote, will it slow me down in the race? If I'm running as Corinthians, as first Corinthians nine says, if I'm running to win the prize, if I'm running to obtain, then I have to ask myself if this will slow me down. Now he goes on to say, but the point is you add to your life unnecessary bulk. You don't need that. You don't need to encumber yourself with that. There's lots of forms of bulk, legalism, ceremonialism, needless waste of time that suck your energy and follows up your priorities. So you ask yourself a simple question. Will it slow me down in the spiritual race? So anything that impinges upon my effectiveness in serving Christ, I won't do that. It might be something in and of itself, not evil, but it becomes a needless weight for me to bear. And then he calls that principle the principle of excess of excess. Oh, interesting. And then that, that when, he, when, he, when he kind of closed it like that and said it's a principle of excess of excess, like excess in, it, in and of itself, again, may not be bad. But if you're if it's if it's too much and you're just bearing all this extra stuff and it's hindering you from Christ, then there's a problem with that. That that thing itself may not be a problem, but the way you're handling it could be. I agree with that. Even if a sports fan tapes games to watch later, should that viewing take place on another day or is it okay to catch up after your services are complete? So is there something uh, super special about the Sunday overall where you should just put away all those things or is it okay to say, hey, I went to morning service I, uh, and evening service or I just always go to morning service or I just go to evening service and then the other time I am catching up on my sports. Yeah. Am, am I safe to assume that this is kind of alluding to like, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy? Correct. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're going to find a lot of kind of, not a lot really, just a few different perspectives. You know, is it Sunday? Is it Saturday? Is it a day that you can just pick on your own? Like I, I've heard it all. For me, it's more along the lines of, are, are you keeping that day holy? Um, now, if somebody tapes a game, and watches it later. Personally, I don't really care when people watch recorded events. Like I'm assuming that you already recorded it because there was already something more important in that time slot. Watch it when you have time. I'm cool. It's like it's not my responsibility to make sure your priorities are straight. I mean, I like to make sure mine are, and obviously I'm a human, so they're not always right, but it's it's not my job to fix everybody else's. As far as the Sabbath day, for me it's more like don't not to exert work, right? And we kind of my wife and I we example example that in our house by like we we do on Saturday. Saturday is is our day to not not work. Now that's going to change when this quarantine is over because we're in a restaurant. But um, for me, Sunday is the day of the Lord. It's the day to worship, and it's like uh, a lot of times we'll we'll get out and we'll go help our neighbors just around our community or, or just whatever. So I, I guess it's it's more of a personal view 
on how you want to attack that day, but make sure your priorities are straight and, and you understand what you're doing. Do you happen to know any pastors who are sports fans? Because I couldn't think of one offhand. Uh, so I thought this, I was like, probably, I mean, I probably do know pastors who are sports fans of, of some sort. I mean, they make sports references. They kind of know what's going on, uh, at least in my local church. Um, but the fact that no one I follow or, or listen to regularly, they don't jump out as me as like, yeah, like so-and-so loves the West Canaan Coyotes, you know, or, oh, my pastor's a huge fan of the Mississippi Mud Dogs. You know, that in itself is telling. Now, if they are fans, like clearly these gentlemen have their priorities in order. But I'm not naive enough to think that everybody does. But those gentlemen that I do tend to listen to, I, I would say that they do. I mean, one pastor I know, I'm like not dropping names, but one pastor that I, I listen to frequently, he, he grew up playing sports and uses a lot of sports references. Didn't do anything professionally, but, you know. He does have the background. Yeah, I couldn't think of one personally. And then I was trying to think of sermons I've listened to, if they've done a lot of the references and such, but I couldn't really come up with anything concrete. I get a lot of, uh, not a lot, but I've had some, my pastor has, has made a couple sports references and you can tell like he knows sports, but he doesn't know sports. You're listening to Candid Christian Conversations by StandFirmMedia.com. Do you find it at all alarming that sports are so closely tied to secular music? Uh, actually, no. For me, I wouldn't say that they're closely tied. For me, a lot, of, a lot of music around sports seems to be more kind of individualized. Players kind of have more control over what music is being associated with them, particularly in their sport, versus like the entire sport in itself. I, I know the, the arena music kind of get away from that thought, except for maybe baseball. Like To me, baseball is like the ultimate individual music expression sport. Like probably want to throw wrestling in there but i'm not a wrestling guy but it's like baseball you get like they walk up to the plate they play whatever music they want you know and it's just like sometimes it's funny sometimes it's like you know inspiring or whatever but you're seeing a lot uh especially in the in the nba and in uh baseball you're seeing a lot of these collaborations of like superstar players like 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 steph curry is a good friend and collaborator with a lot of christian hip-hop artists such as like lecrae and andy minio and they're really kind of pushing their music into that mainstream. Um, and it's, it's definitely it's, it's an edifying, glorifying music to Christ. It's kind of in a, a more of like a hip hop sense. I, I'm not sure. I think LeBron just did something with Andy Minio as well. I think it might have just been a conversation back and forth. But, you know, there's mutual respect there. Um, we talked about on Sundays how maybe people aren't going to church because they're they're doing their NFL thing, be it a fan or an athlete. But I know that Benjamin Watson, when he was part of the New Orleans Saints, like, the Saints organization, they still held church as a team before their games on Sundays, regardless of wherever they were at. And so you, you see there's a lot of that in sports. We just don't see a lot of it because I don't think the media likes to cover that stuff. But in, so, and also Benjamin Watson just hosted a church benefit like a few days ago, I believe it was. And he had people like Toby Mack and Lecrae and Lauren Daigle and a bunch of other artists, athletes, you know, Christian believers, sports commentators, uh, you know, such as like Chris Broussard and all those people that we know. I think we're starting to move away from the secular influence in that. Now, I don't know if it's going to kind of ebb and flow or if we can even really truly break away from that. But I think it's just an eternal struggle. And I, I feel I feel a lot of respect for these people that are trying to break those norms. I would love to see one of those artists get the Super Bowl halftime because it seems like the Super Bowl halftime is always dominated by uh, whoever the big pop singer or rock singer or rapper at the flavor of the month is at that time. And that would be huge 
to kind of pull away from that. If I had to make a bet, I would, I would think the NBA would do it first. But I mean, that's just that's just me. I'm also not a not a gambling man. Hey, and speaking of gambling, should the fact that gambling is so intertwined with sports be a red flag to the Christian sports fan? Uh, yeah, I think it's it's a red flag in the sense that look, just gambling over here. You don't 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 do that. Like, I don't think it would steer you away from sports, but instead maybe cause you to be more aware of what else is going on in conjunction with these sports. Right? Some, can, some people will consider sports in and of themselves gambling. I don't think I agree with that. I don't gamble because I'm told to be a good steward of my finances. Right? Now, if there are some people out there who can do both, more power to them. I'm not saying don't. But for myself, I can't devise a plan that would allow me to risk what the Lord has given me while also stewarding it well. Like Those things don't match for me. So I, I I can't like just by default I can't gamble like with it's, it's not mine. I like that. That's a really good uh, take on gambling as it pertains to sports. Uh, the stewardship of money. I think actually gambling is always going to try to find a way to intertwine itself with anything. So not necessarily just sports, but you have the lottery and they say. All that money goes to schools and stuff like that. So I wouldn't necessarily blame the sports themselves for the gambling around them. But uh, it is an indicator that something because you don't see them gambling on, you know, hey, when do you think uh, the deacon will get up and stretch? You know, (laughs) you don't. you don't, you don't see that kind of stuff on Sunday. So I don't know if we keep sports off long enough, we might get into that. (laughs) people need something to gamble on i guess all right how many times do you think the pastor will will go back to exodus (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness i have always and i'm talking always been curious about this one and i don't think i've ever really brought it up to anybody do you think god answers prayers based around sports like please let this field goal go in I mean, there's a, there's there's thousands of them going up at a time. I would assume, right? You know, like this guy's getting overloaded with like twenty twenty thousand people clamoring for a field goal to either go wide right or through the middle. You know, I I don't know. I, I say I say this a lot. I don't know the mind of God. I don't, so I can't say I don't know. I, but what I will say is, if it's part of His perfect will and part of His eternal plan, sure. I, I mean, I guess you could say He answered the prayer in the way that it, it was desired. Where I stand. Personally, this is my opinion. I'm in a camp that kind of believes God answers all prayers. He just doesn't answer them in the way that we always want when we always want it. So sometimes we ask and he just, he says, no, that's an answer. No is a complete sentence. It's an answer. He'll give you the desires of your heart if they are the desires he placed there and not of your own flesh. So who am I to say that your team winning doesn't align with God's plan and purpose for that moment in time? I mean, to me, I guess that's the ultimate win-win situation. In my own uh, opinion, I think he does when it is going to be uh, for his glorification. So I always think of the David Tyree catch. And a lot of people don't know the there's an entire story that David Tyree was able to, uh, you know, have fleshed out after that situation and such. And there's... Drew Brees, and and there's these other ones that they're going to really try to elevate the word and 
the Lord in such a way that it brings glory on, unto him. And I think in those situations, there could be uh, forces, greater forces at play. Um, I don't think that he, you know, I, I would just find it hard to believe that he really cares if Michigan beats Ohio State, you know, or not. But when there's certain situations that are going to come about from it that will glorify him, I do think those could be answered. But I, like you said, we don't know. So just speculation on my part. Should a Christian sports fan feel guilty about being a fan? I say no. And it goes kind of back to the first question. I, I still reference First Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. If you don't mind, I'll just read it in its entirety so we kind of get the context. But it says, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now, they do not obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run this, not with uncertainty. Thus, I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Clearly, Paul's not talking about running a physical race. Right. But he's using it as an analogy. And to me, that just kind of signifies that there's nothing wrong with competing in a contest to win. Like Paul clearly commanded that desire. If you're putting that above God, then it becomes a problem. But again, just competing in sports or being a fan doesn't you shouldn't feel guilty about that, in my opinion. I would agree with you on that. I would say that being a sports fan would be akin to being a fan of going fishing or going hunting or, or any other type of sport. It, it's not inherently evil in and of itself. It's how you do it. So like if you go out hunting and you're dangling fish hooks from trees to snare animals and, and all these crazy things, you know, then you're getting into like, wow, that's, that's really sadistic. And that's really, you know, it's how you're, Putting it into action. Yeah. I think there are plenty of Christians that are sports fans and there's nothing wrong with that. When would you consider being a fan a problem for a Christian? And I personally went to Matthew 6, 24, and it says, no man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. So if you were like, darn it, I got to go to church instead of watch the Lions get beat by the Packers for the 15th straight time. They've been doing good against the Packers. Whatever. But, um, you know, if if you were just like down about you're just going to church just because you're going to church and then you're, it, you're it's causing some internal strife because you're going to miss your sport. Uh, I think that would be a big problem for a Christian. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I kind of went maybe slightly different route. Um, it's kind of two things, maybe three. First is to me is, is, is idol worship. That's the first thing that comes to my mind, right? And we talked about this a little bit earlier. It's like almost deifying somebody to like a godlike status, you know, in, in professional sports, right? If you're doing that as a fan, to me, like, eh, check yourself. Right. And, and, and I've been called out on this, too, personally. Right. Because, I mean, you've seen I have a, I have a tattoo of a prominent individual on my entire upper left arm. 
right? But for me, this is what I like to explain. To, for me, this is that is about the moment and about cementing the memory of that moment. It's not so much the individual. Like, did I like that individual as a player? Absolutely. I met the guy in person. He's a fantastic individual. But for me, it's about the moment. It's about wh- where was I when I saw that? Like, what was happening? When, like, what did I feel when that happened? And like, that, that's what I like to be brought back to. So I, I have to kind of talk to people about, you know, not sounding hypocritical when I'm talking about idol worship, but yet I have a tattoo of another individual on my, my own body. And, and I'm sure the whole tattoo itself conversation is a whole other topic. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to bring you back for that topic. The second thing is kind of two in one is, is pride, right? You're kind of believing that pride is the path to greatness when you kind of, when you exalt these athletes and you see how they succeed, you know, and, and some of, not all of them, but you, some people kind of puff themselves up, you know, they'll, they'll beat their own chest, right? It's easy when you're full of pride and you're a good athlete or your t- even as a fan, as your team is doing well, you know, it's easy to put yourself first. You know, people who are like, I need more money for my contracts, you know, or these diva branded athletes, like I'm not going to do anything unless I get A, B, C, and D, right? It's the opposite of that, right? You need to be humble. And it's extremely difficult to be humble when you're overrun with pride, right? Philippians 2, 3, says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. I love that. I think many of us lose sight of that often. I, I used to be a professional athlete and you get to drinking your own Kool-Aid, as they say, where you just get enamored with yourself and, you know, you have to be humbled. Thank God for me that I was. What would be some tips you'd give fellow Christians for navigating sports? I think you've touched on a lot of them, but just a quick summary. First thing that came to mind was guard your heart. Um, and then it's kind of more of a, it's for a Christian navigating anything, maybe not just sports. Um, I referenced Psalm 139, you know, when David was, was writing uh, the Psalms. I don't actually, I don't believe David wrote that one. I'm not sure. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me to the way everlasting. I had an, another uh, prominent pastor who kind of summed it up this way, um, talking about just the entertainment in general. It's like the reality is that we live in a fallen world, deeply corrupted by sin and under the influence of supernaturally hostile forces. Therefore, we must be we must not be so naive as to assume that all entertainment is spiritually neutral and safe, as though we could immerse our minds in everything the world offers and remain spiritually unscathed. To me, again, guard your heart, guard your mind and practice self-control. The only other thing I would talk about maybe is persevering because sports will teach perseverance because it's hard. And guess what else is hard? Life, right? This demanding, grueling life of faith requires determination, perseverance, and self-discipline. And in order to do that, we have to put everything else aside that is putting extra weight onto us. Again, we got to get away from the excess of excess. For anybody out there that is listening right now, that's thinking, hmm, maybe... I'm just watching the wrong sport. Is there a sport that you consider to be more Christian friendly than others, more godly than others? Yeah, I don't even know if I could answer that. I don't think there really would be one, technically speaking, unless they have, you know, some sort of biblical knowledge relay or something. Or, you know. yeah, I mean, I don't know all the sports that are out there. I mean, there's tons of different ways of competition, especially with like the like, electronic world now, because like playing video games are now sports. So <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I guess if you're not going out there, like, you know, baseball has a seventh inning stretch and we all stand up and we sing and whatever. 
you know, as long as there's not a sport, I guess that has their own version of that, like the sixth inning stretch where we all just start worshiping the devil, right? Like, let's not do, let's not do that. I guess that would be an anti-Christian sport. I don't think there's one that just stands out if somebody's out there thinking like, oh, I watch NASCAR and that's way more, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think because you're still having to distill it down to individuals. And then what do individuals do? They bring their baggage with them. Unfortunately, uh, you know, none of us are, are so perfect that we don't need Christ in the cross. Amen. And lastly, JT, any final thoughts on this whole topic of sports? It's been very interesting, to be honest. Uh, yeah, just kind of knowing that this was going to be the topic and kind of digging into it a little bit deeper. I found a, a lot of references, not directly to sports, but that could be used in conjunction with participating in sports as a fan or an athlete. Um, I would say, I would say this, like we just, we just speaking at, from myself first. And if anybody else would like to take this advice, feel more than welcome. But I need to make sure that each and every day and each and every moment of every day that my mind uh, and my heart is set in the right direction before I start participating in anything of this world. And that is if I sit down to watch a movie, sit down to, you know, read a book, play a video game, participate in sports, eat dinner with my wife, play with my kids, whatever it is. I need to make sure that he is first and everything else becomes next. That is a fantastic way to leave it. We're going to leave it right there. Perfectly stated. JT, thank you so much for joining me on this edition of Candid Christian Conversations. You'll be back for other topics on this podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. It has been a, a wonderful experience, and I look forward to many, many, many more. For JT, I'm Hank. Until the next time, we're signing off. If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to subscribe in your app of choice by heading to standfirmmedia.com slash subscribe.